And now, the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV main card with your man, The Voice. As always, let's start off with some headlines and hot takes. Tyra said on Ariel's MMA show this week, do you cancel a whole card? Because one fight is not available? Well, the UFC's answer to that question this week was, yeah, when they put an X to UFC 233 being in Anaheim, the same way they did last year around this time. That leaves Bellator as the only event on January 26th in the LA region. Speaking of Bellator, the San Jose-based organization is in Hawaii this week for a double header, and they held a press conference on Thursday. Scott Coker said that he wants to make this a once-a-year stop. He mentioned uh, that this came together after seeing uh, the Rock the Troops done by Dwayne Johnson a couple years ago that aired on Spike, which is now the Paramount Network and Paramount Network, or I should say Viacom, which owns the Paramount Network, also owns Bellator, and of course, they are the broadcast partners for Bellator. So, Scott talked to the USO, because that was for the USO, rocking the troops. Talked to them about doing something in conjunction with it. USO was down. Uh, the Rock could not do the show this year, so Bellator uh, in the fighting warrior military spirit seized the day and they said hey let's do it let's do it for you USO and, and we'll do another show while we're here we're gonna do it up big let's bring in Hoist Gracie and Herschel Walker and Jake Laser and Josh Thompson let them entertain the troops and, and teach them some things about martial arts and mixed martial arts they did all that leading up to the fight that will be on Friday which is open to all of uh, the service members who are able to get a voucher to get in and their families on Saturday they'll be back in the same location but it will be uh, by paid ticket at that time press conference was off the chain Uh, but I'll talk more about the press conference and what the fighters had to say in it when I get to the preview for the Bellator cards in the Aloha State. Last week I said that it had to be more cost effective for them to do these back-to-back shows. It satisfies both Paramount and the zone's fight quotas and Coca pretty much confirmed that today said that we will be seeing more of these going forward alright if you have been following MTMV Sports on social media specifically Twitter you know that I have been teasing of a theme for this episode and that theme is end of the road so to close our headlines and hot takes one door open and that door open for won championship and it possibly closed for the fans 
One has done a genius job of marketing themselves this year. They made their app available to everyone for free versus charging the $9.99 that they had in the past. Exposed some of us hardcores to the wonders of the East. Wet our appetite for the offerings that they have. Loaded the deck with some household names like Sage Northcutt and Demetrius Johnson and uh, and the underground king, Eddie Alvarez. Did all that. And then Chachri hinted last week that they were nearing a U.S. broadcast deal. And now we know with whom. Turner Sports will carry one for the next three years, airing the events live on Bleacher Report Live, which is their streaming platform, and they'll be having replays on TNT. They plan on doing some shoulder programming and listening to Sage on Arrow's show this week. Oh, he is getting ready to be an even bigger star, doing all kinds of, of media things with one and with Turner yeah one is really about to assert themselves as a major player <sighs> but I'm not paying $9.99 for uh, Bleacher Report Live not yeah I, I'm not doing it uh, they don't have enough there for me to make it worthwhile I'll wait for the replays on Turner honestly it was pretty much doing that anyway with the one app because if I wasn't up, I wasn't waking up to watch the fight guards. Uh, I would catch them as I could, uh, and they've been wonderful. And I will enjoy watching them on TV at home because it's very, very likely that though the one app will still be around, the ability for those in the U.S. to watch it for free on the app probably not going to be there. All right, fight fans. That closes things out for headlines and hot takes. Up next is the old one, two. Time to step between the ropes for the old one, two. And keeping with the theme of the end of the road. HBO's final card was this past Saturday. Featured females fighting like Cecilia Breakers and T-Rex Clarissa Shields. But there have been so many great great people that have been involved in boxing with HBO and we were introduced to greats like Harold Letterman Larry Merchant Emmanuel Stewart Roy Jones Jr. Lennox Lewis Max Kellerman and many others who shaped the way that we view fights through their commentary some of my favorite memories of HBO we're watching fights on Saturday nights after the um, the the featured movie, whatever new release they were showing that 
was in the theaters and now for the first time it's being shown on cable one Saturday I can remember not watching the fight and that was when Mike Tyson lost to Buster Douglas I just knew it was like Buster Douglas who is Buster Douglas his name is Buster like, man I'm not watching that fight only to uh, miss Tyson losing for the first time I can also remember sitting in the living room with my brother and my father watching George Foreman make history by knocking out Michael Moore to become the oldest heavyweight champion I can remember watching Roy Jones win the heavyweight championship versus John Ruiz people forget that Roy was a heavyweight champion as well as a super middleweight and cruiserweight and light heavyweight champion you forget about that (laughs) as Roy would say y'all must have forgot he won that championship and then dropped back down in weight to take on Tarver for the first time I remember when he finally stepped up and fought Joe Calzaghe a fighter who people said for years that Roy was ducking and the way that Calzaghe put that beating on him Mm, might have been some truth to that. I remember the Gaddy Ward trilogies. Oh my goodness. The wars that they had. Oh my god. Oh, I, I, I get goosebumps just thinking about it. I can remember with great, great joy seeing Nassim Hamid fight for the first time. Oh man, his ring entrances were as phenomenal as the fights were themselves. And sometimes lasted longer than the fights. I can remember the first time he was just dancing and doing a bunch of stuff. I was like, what is this dude doing? And then he got on the ring apron, was dancing, did a front flip into the ring over the top rope, jumped right in the face of his opponent and start mean mugging. I was like, oh my goodness, this dude is crazy. And then in typical Nassim Hamed fashion, fought in that style that really puts you in the mind of a person who practiced Eastern uh, martial arts. So things like karate and taekwondo, that's really what his style looks like. And just KOing and killing cats. Oh my goodness. And then seeing him lose for the first time. uh, Oh yeah. Just so many wonderful, wonderful memories. But as memories, those are things of the past. Going forward, HBO's not around. The Zone has come on very strong. But they've only been in the U.S. market for what? not even six months yet and from the looks of things they're already looking to improve or I should say increase the price because I got a survey not too long ago asking how much would you pay if we had these things on versus what we're paying now 
then you got other outlets and those some of them are backed by some established companies streaming services like ESPN Plus and Facebook Watch are still unproven it's so interesting to see how things come full circle one of the most notable stories in boxing media history was a relationship between Howard Cosell and Muhammad Ali Cosell called many 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 of Ali's fights and did so on ABC which is owned by Disney now who also owns ESPN so we got boxing coming back full circle seems like the streaming method is the way to get combat sports going forward just as premium providers like HBO and Showtime were decades ago it's going to be interesting to see where this path leads alright before I go into the boxing lineup for the week I want to say that I'm still praying for Adonis Stevenson because at last report he's still in a medically induced coma as I was looking into this found out that he welcomed a daughter into this world just a little under a month before the fight happened oh my goodness I'm praying for him I'm praying for his family this has got to be difficult but it's got to be even more difficult for the mother of the child who doesn't know if Adonis will be in his daughter's life and even if he is what level of of functionality he'll have Lord please be with and help the Stevenson family and everyone associated with him if it's your will bring him back to full health in Jesus name alright guys on Friday the 14th of December in Corpus Christi Christy, Texas not Crispy but Christy, Texas on ESPN Plus you got Gilberto Ramirez who's ranked number one taking on Jesse Hart ranked number 10 it will be a 12 round super middleweight bout for Ramirez's WBO title and this weekend is all about the super middleweights because on the zone on Saturday the 15th from New York New York at the mecca of it all Madison Square Garden you have number 9 ranked super middleweight and WBA champion Rocky Fielding taking on the number 3 ranked pound for pound fighter in the world current middleweight champion Canelo Alvarez Fielding has 15 of his 27 victories by KO and all of his fights have been at 168 pounds in a press conference leading up to the fight Fielding made a really good point saying Canelo's not going to put on 8 to 9 pounds of muscles for this fight he's just not going to cut as much weight so that's giving Fielding the natural 168 pound fighter the advantage 
Oscar even remarked about how big Fielding is. Now, Canelo's listed at 5'9", and Rocky's listed at 6'1", but in Mano a Mano, I believe I heard Eddie Hearn say that Fielding was 6'3". And when you see them line up, or I should say face off against each other, yeah, Canelo has to nearly break his neck to look up uh, into the face of Fielding. So he's going to have the size advantage and the reach advantage. Will he have the speed advantage? I don't know. Probably not. Will he have the experience advantage? Absolutely not. Canelo has nearly two times as many fights, and that could be the difference. All of Rocky's fights outside of this one have been on the European circuit. Not granted, boxing's been big in Europe, but still, if you're not testing yourself against the very best in the world, there are question marks. And the only fighter of note on Rocky's record is fellow uh, Scouser Callum Smith. That's also his only loss. Not only was it a loss, but he got TKO'd in the first round so from an experience standpoint yeah it's not looking good for Rocky with a win Canelo would become the 6th boxer from Mexico and the ninth of Mexican descent to win 3 or more titles in different weight classes that would put him in the company of legends like Eric Morales and Juan Manuel Marquez people who also fought on HBO salute to HBO as well as the great the all time great Julio Cesar Chavez Sr. this could be very very historic and for Rocky if he were to win it'd be a real life Rocky story also on this card, you have Tevin Farmer, who's ranked number three, taking on Francisco Fonseca for Farmer's IBF title. So, you know, that's a 12-round fight. David Lemieux is also fighting on this card. He's ranked number eight in middleweight, taking on Torino Johnson. That's a 12-round affair, too. All right, fight fans, that does it for the old one, too gonna step out of the squared circle and on the other side we'll talk about Bellator in Hawaii Aloha on Friday December 14th Bellator makes its maiden voyage in Hawaii for Bellator and the USO presents Premise versus Chandler 2 at the Neil Blaisdell Center. Brent Premise is 8 and 0 taking on 18 and 4 Iron Michael Chandler for Premise's lightweight title. This fight was supposed to take place on April 13th here in the St. Louis metro area. I was at the St. Charles Arena looking forward to the fight. Ah, I was really, really looking forward to seeing it. Unfortunately, Premise pulled out with an injury. 
Premise and Chandler have been pros for about the same amount of time, but Chandler's got about three times as many fights as the champ, which is why he calls him a part-time fighter. Going pro in 2010, Premise only averages about a fight a year. Chandler was very, very confident going into their first matchup at Madison Square Garden around Father's Day last year. He's equally confident going into this one. The two-time former champ better hope that that confidence isn't really cockiness as pride goes before the fall and an arrogant spirit, or I should say pride goes before destruction and an arrogant spirit before fall. Premise is going into this very grounded, so it's it's going to be interesting to see how this works out. I meant to rewatch the fight and I didn't get a chance to because I don't remember if in that fight at MSG if Chandler just stepped wrong and that's what messed his leg up or if he got kicked. If he got kicked, I salute to Premise because he was able to injure him to the point where the doctors didn't feel comfortable with Chandler proceeding. If Chandler took a misstep, yeah, Premise is talking a whole lot ahead, and that's not good either. Uh, I know that they're both preparing very diligently for this fight, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. The co-main event has 18 and 12. Frank Mir taking on 10 and 7. Javi, eye candy, I yell it. That's a heavyweight bout, and both of these gentlemen are coming in off of knockout losses. Mir got knocked out by Fedor in round one of the heavyweight Grand Prix and Ayala was sent to the darkness by Chet Congo. This should be a nice fight but the only thing on the line for this fight is a victory as both of them are on losing streaks. Another fight on the main card is 72 Alejandra Azulara versus the undefeated 7-0 Juliana Velasquez. This is a flyweight fight. And Velasquez is looking to keep her perfect streak going as all of her wins in Bellator have been by stoppage. She's also hoping to position herself for the winner of Saturday's main event. For Laura, yeah, she faced the champ who's fighting on Saturday and lost to her in her most recent bout. But like Juliana, she hopes to put herself on a short list of challenges for the title. And if she has an impressive victory, she may do just that. Also on this card, you have 9-7, and seven, Derek the Stallion Campos taking on 16-9, and nine, Sam Cecilia. And this is a fly, not a flyweight, but a featherweight bout. And not only is it a featherweight bout, this is Campos' first fight at featherweight as a stallion's career in Bellator at least has been at lightweight coming to Bellator from the UFC Cecilia was on a fast track until he recently got derailed by title challenger Emmanuel Sanchez Sanchez submitted Sam Cecilia to the delight of Sanchez's hometown crowd 
in Chicago earlier this year. The Voices marquee matchup for the card is also the Curtain Jerker, which pits 12 and 0 AJ the Mercenary McKee versus 10 and 2 Daniel Crawford, and this is also a featherweight fight. It's going to be difficult to deny AJ a shot at Patricio Pitbull if he keeps on winning his fights and winning all his fights and doing so in impressive fashion because he has been on a roll. But really, in order to face Pitbull, he's going to need a signature win. If he beats Crawford, yeah, that's not going to do it. It's not going to do it. However, if Daniel were victorious, it would vault him into top contender status. With seven of his ten wins stopping within the distance, the man from Croydon, England, yeah, Crawford, he's not to be trifled with. He should not be taken lightly. Now, AJ has style on all his competitors thus far, including a round one KO over his most accomplished foe to date in his last fight. The Mercenary is a must-watch TV for the informed fight fan, and that's the reason why this is the Voices Marquee matchup. All right, some salutes, or I should say shout-outs for the undercard. You got hopes and Gracie Jr. making his MMA debut at Welterweight, so you may want to check that one out. And then also, uh, Air Claxton. That's right, uh, Taiwan Claxton is going to be fighting on the undercard as well. So, a uh, couple fights to check out if you have time. Uh, this is a Paramount card, and as they've been doing as of late, they have been simulcasting on the zone. So if you've got the zone, you'll be able to catch it. You got Paramount, you'll be able to catch it. You got the Bellator app and you have Paramount, you'll be able to catch it. All right. That's on Friday. On Saturday, Bellator 213 takes place and it is headlined by Hawaii's own undefeated flyweight champion. Alima, the Eliminator McFarlane at 8 and 0, taking on 10 and 6. Valerie Trouble Letourneau for the flyweight title. By far, this is the greatest challenge in the champ's young career. McFarlane hasn't even been fighting for three full years. She started in Jan- in January of 2015, so it hadn't even been a full three years where trouble. She's been fighting since 2007, and she knows that this is her last shot at glory. A loss here will likely spell an end for Valerie. She last challenged for a title in the UFC's debut in Australia where Ronda Rousey lost to Holly Holm. She had a valiant effort versus JJ, but she was just overwhelmed by the volume of strikes that Joanna Champion put on her. She knows this is the last chance, and she is giving everything that she has to preparing for this fight. If you've seen any of the advertisements leading up to it, any of the Bellator countdowns, Valerie's got black eyes. 
And she keeps having black eyes because she is putting in the work. So she's got a lot of pressure on her to make it happen because the experience she has comes at a great cost. And for her, she hopes that that is the deciding factor as she's 35 years old and doesn't have many more years of fighting left in her. McFarlane has a lot of pressure too. It's being headlined in her home state, something that she campaigned for. And it's her organization's first trip to Hawaii. She's competed in hula competitions there at the Blaisdell Center. And now she'll be competing in MMA this time not looking to just take home a trophy but hold on to her title in front of the Hawaii faithful the co-main event is the debut of the dragon Lyoto Machida is coming in with a record of 24 and 8 he will be facing the 15 and 2 former Bellator middleweight champion Rafael Carvalho and this fight will be at middleweight as the former champs face off in the co-main the dragon is looking to put his stamp on the new organization with a win he knows he'll face the victor of the middleweight championship matchup on january 26th in la which everyone believes is going to be gago or musashi but don't sleep on uh, Rafael Lovato Jr. He's got just the kind of skill set to upset him. But again, that's about a month away. Right now, we're talking about Bell Tour 213. And for Rafael Carvalho, a win over Machida will be bigger than the title itself. He has been taking this matchup super seriously and plans to shock the world on Saturday so that he can get back to the title that he lost to Musasi in May. This is a DAZN exclusive card. And on the DAZN exclusive cards, you have the heavy, not the heavyweight, the welterweight Grand Prix. So for this card, the next the newest installment of the Welterway Grand Prix is in place pitting two undefeated fighters against each other Neiman Gracie at 8-0 and 6-0 Easy Ed Ruth all of the Welterway Grand Prix bouts are five round fights and the winner of this fight goes on to fight for the title in the next round Ruth has been the dark horse for this tournament from day one. People are saying that because of his history and his wrestling pedigree, this could be the same kind of coming out party that Daniel Cormier had in the Strike Force Welter—I mean, not Welterweight Strike Force Heavyweight Grand Prix that was about seven years ago. Though his MMA experience is short, his high-level competition is very, very long. 
as Ed Ruth is arguably one of the best amateur wrestlers ever. And he'll need that grappling prowess versus Gracie because Neiman has lived up to his family's name, submitting all but one of his opponents. Ruth has some really good striking for a wrestler, especially his kicks. He's really impressed me with that. He will need to use his grappling to keep things standing and hopefully be successful in the strikes because his ace in the hole, his ground game, oh, that lies squarely in Gracie's wheelhouse. The Voices Marquee matchup for this card is for, well, not for, but between King Mola Wall. 21 and 7 record versus 12 and 3 Liam McGeary. This is a light heavyweight matchup, and you all know Niger stand up. I mean, if it's a Nigerian fighter fighting, that's probably gonna be the voices marquee matchup, but that's not the sole reason why. The real reason why is that these are two of my favorite fighters in Bellator. I mean, Mo is my dude, like for real. That's my dude. Love Mo for real and would do anything I could for him. And Liam, Liam has a very special place in my heart. When Bellator came to town for the first time and they had the meet and greet at Dave and Buster's I ran out there with my kids and Liam not only took a picture with us he picked up my boys and uh, you'll see it if you follow MTMV Sports uh, on Twitter and Instagram uh, and Facebook you will see those things there because I'm going to put out the post of that picture but picked up my boys in his arms and took the picture I was like man that was really nice of you and what keeps him in my heart above that is that when Bellator came back a couple months later and uh, I snapped another picture with him and we were just chopping it up, uh, he asked about my boys. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember your boys. He's like, you know, where are they this time? I was like, well, couldn't bring them, you know, this time. I, I had to leave them at home. So, you know, that having that kind of memory, you know, that that'll that'll stick with you. And like I, said, I met Mo also at an event of that nature and like I said we've been cool ever since that's my dude for real for real so yeah I, I, I it's my matchup because I love both of these guys but of course I want Mo to win <laughs> yeah uh, anyway the curtain jerker is a fight between undefeated fighters, both of them want to know. But man, this fight has a lot of heat on it. Both of these fighters are from Hawaii, and they are displaying the pride of Hawaiian warriors leading up to this fight. You got Kona Oliveira and Nino Dung. Their pro debuts only a month apart. Kona won his by TKO in the LFA. Nino, uh, he won his by submission 
right there in Blaisdell Arena. So he's got a little bit of, of experience fighting there at home. Again, this fight has so much heat at the press conference today. Oh, my word. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going down. And it should be a very, very spirited way to start off Bellator 213. On the undercard, you got some fighters uh, like uh, Mikey Patolo, who's a VFC alone, and then Calla Hose, who's fought in like all of the organizations uh, back in the day. Uh, Elite XC, Show XC, Strike Force, Icon Sports, you name it, he's fought there. Uh, so if you're not watching the Canelo fight and you're looking for some MMA, uh, those are some people that you can take a look at. That's it for the double header that Bellator has in Hawaii. On the other side, we're going to be talking about the UFC in Milwaukee. UFC on Fox 32 takes place in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And headlining, you've got 13-4-1 Raging Ally Quinta versus 17-3 the Motown Phenom Kevin Lee. And this is a rematch of a prelim fight back from 2014 when Henan Barral fought Uriah Faber for a second time and Barrow was successful in retaining the Bantamweight title that was Lee's debut in the UFC and Raging Al's third fight coming in off a tough 15 since then Al's fought Khabib in a five round affair and Kevin Lee has lost an interim title fight to Tony Ferguson a lot has happened in those four years. And the one with the hype and the promise is the same one who lost the initial fight. Lee has a new camp now and definitely has improved his skills within that time. Al is still working with Sarah Longo. And he's been raging during that time. Uh, Lee has experienced more growth and that's why he's the favorite going into the fight. But don't forget that Al dropped him minutes into that first round of the first fight and almost finished him. So don't sleep on Raging Al Iaquinta because it's not a given that the W is going to go to the Motown Phenom. The co-main event for this card has 19-6 and six Edson Barboza versus 17-7 and seven Dan the Hangman Hooker. And this is the Voices Marquee matchup. This bout will be contested at lightweight, the same as the main event with Raising Al and Kevin Lee. You all know that your man, the voice, is a homer when it comes to Nigerians. And this is not the voice. I mean, there's no Nigerians on this uh, specific card not to my knowledge and Barbosa from Brazil Dan Hooker is from New Zealand so no Nigerians there 
So don't think that it's because Hooker has a podcast with Izzy that this is the voice of Marky matchup. No, 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 no. It's based strictly on the Hangman's current run. This dude is on a four-fight win streak since moving up to lightweight. And all four of those fights have been stoppages, three KOs, and one submission. Boral, if you know anything about him, I'm sorry, uh, Barboza, he is a phenomenal striker, a dangerous striker, and is only one strike away from ending the fight at any moment. Just ask Kevin Lee. He put him on a stanky leg patrol with a shot in their fight recently, earlier this year. This fight has fireworks written all over it. And that's why it's a voice marking matchup. Also on this card, fighting at home. You have 17 and 4 Sergio Pettis versus Boston's own 15 and 4 Rob Font. This is a bantamweight bout. People forget that Sergio was the LFA's Bantamweight champion before entering the UFC. He didn't start fighting at flyweight until he got to the UFC. And his only loss at this weight class was to Alex Caceres, and that was early in his UFC tenure. I mean, he was still super young and and wet behind the ears, kind of like Kevin Lee was in his fight with Rager Al. I almost selected this as the Voices of Marquee matchup because of the injury. I want to know how Serge is going to look returning to Bantamweight. And on the other end, with Font, his only losses are to top-tier opponents. People like John Lineker and right there on the bubble, Pedro Munoz. Font's been trading wins and losses as of late, and if that trend continues, he should beat Pettis. And if he does... What does that say about Pettis and his chances at 135 pounds? Whereas if Pettis wins, and again, the losses that Font has had have been to those people that are true contenders, that puts Sergio right where he wants to be at 135 pounds. Curtain jerker for this fight you got 29 and 12 Jim A10 Miller versus 24 and 8 Charles Dubronx Oliveira. I know my MMA man Josh Musel is looking forward to this fight as it is a grappler's delight. Both of these fighters have high level jiu-jitsu games. So you can expect to see slick scrambles. And submission attempts galore in the curtain jerk. I've said throughout this card, or I should say throughout the main card this week, that the theme has been the end of the road and the end of yet another era is upon us. As the UFC closes out its deal with Fox, this card really brings things full circle as the very first card that the UFC put on with 
Fox was on Big Fox. And now we see the 32nd installment of this series. Seven years ago in Anaheim, a heavyweight bout headlined UFC on Fox 1 and saw Junior Dos Santos knock out Cain Velasquez in the first round. It was such a phenomenal way to start off this joint venture. And since then, both entities have worked together to do major things for one another. For Fox, they helped launch Fox Sports 1 and the career of many, many fighters. At the time that this card took place, there were no women in the UFC. Ronda Rousey was st- still in Strike Force. And I don't know that the if the UFC owned Strike Force at that time. Conor McGregor had just finished his first fight in Cage Warriors. John Jones had just had his first successful title defense versus Rampage. And DC was in Strike Force preparing to face Josh Barnett for the heavyweight Grand Prix. Because of the work that they've done together, the UFC was able to be sold for over $4 billion and expand its reach globally. So much has changed. And with the new year brings many changes. One thing that you can count on in 2019 are good fights and prayerfully you can also count on the MTMV main card in the next segment I'll give you the official results for the main card and the winner by unanimous decision is you the fight fans thank you so much for listening in to the mtmv main card with your man the voice yeah around my household we've had illness and some other stuff going on so i'm not promising round by round coverage this weekend of either of the DAZN cards because i just don't know what's gonna be happening but if i can I will provide that coverage for you. So make sure that you are following MTMV Sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to get that coverage. Our podcast get released first via Anchor FM or Anchor.fm. So if you want to get it hot, you want to get it first, you can get it there. A lot of people listen to us via Apple Podcasts. I'm one of the people who likes to use Apple Podcasts myself. So I encourage you to subscribe to MTMT uh, MTMV Sports there. Uh, that's not been a tongue twister, but it is right now. Anyway, subscribe via Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review and uh, let us know how you think we're doing. If you got any suggestions, Uh, You can share those with us there as well. Salute to our sponsor, Pocket Cast, who has over 500 million 
podcasts available for you, including the MTMV Sports uh, podcast, all of our podcasts. That app, Pocket Cast, is available for both your iPhone and your Android. You can also listen to us on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. This weekend, so many fights. I already told you about the three fights from the major promotions. But you also have CFFC, which is going to be on Fight Pass, with CM Punk debuting as a commentator. Invicta is going to be on Fight Pass as well. Also, you got Road FC, which will be on the zone early morning on Saturday. So lots and lots of fights to take in. Enjoy yourselves, fight fans, and just sports fans in general. Rejoice, my team, my voice. Until next time, it's your man, the voice, host of the MTMV main card, and I'm sounding off.